Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Now, after all, so when I switch over and Skype brings up the little window, it's always Patrick's frozen face in the little Skype. Yeah, mine too. I don't know why. And it shows, they, I'm it telling you, shows you it's frozen. Mine, okay. So it's but not only in the little window. When I actually have Skype open itself, I see Patrick just fine. I don't see Miranda. I don't know what's going on. I don't care. Oh, Phoenix! <laughs> hey, yo. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. I mean, you're just going to replace me. Shut up! Miranda Morales. The biggest slut in the Western Hemisphere. Why do I have to have a buzzer? And Greg DeMarco. You are now and will forever be an asshole. Because it's my show. And I love you, Greg. You guys know how to party. You're welcome! What is up? A very happy Wednesday to you, everybody out there listening to this, The Greg DeMarco Show. My name is Greg DeMarco. You can find me on all of your forms of social media at ChairShotGreg, of course, The Greg DeMarco Show, part of the ChairShot Radio Network. Follow that at ChairShot Media and visit that over at TheChairShot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always use your Of course, this show also streams on all of your favorite podcasting platforms like iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, and so many more. So go on out there, like, subscribe, and leave us that five-star review. We have got an exciting rundown of topics to talk about today. I guess exciting isn't the best word because, you know, who wants to be excited about people losing their jobs? But we are going to talk about the 18 releases. I shouldn't say the 18 releases in WWE last week because it's not like we're going to run them down one by one. I've seen people do that. It's just bad podcasting. We are going to talk about the releases in general, just what it means, and, and have that conversation. Patrick O'Dowd. So since we, we weren't able to do last week, because um, I had to do something, but we with the return of the Greg DeMarco show, I also decided that meant it was the return of Patrick O'Dowd's bullshit internet news of the week. We'll be doing that this week as well. And a three-minute warning, warning, to the two of you, two of you being Patrick O'Dowd and Miranda Morales, the three-minute warning on your rundown is not the three-minute warning we're going to do. <laughs> I'm calling an audible. I decided that a little while so, ago before we I, 
I decided it long enough ago that I even have audio prepared for the actual three-minute warning. So I decided, it like... so that, DeMarco, though. It's yeah. so Greg DeMarco. I'm yeah, doing yeah. what I feel... Enough to grab audio, but not enough to tell us. Cool. I'm do, well, yeah, because I had to get it put wow, together. Wow, you're... You're a little feisty. I know, right? She's a keyboard Great warrior up. right now. Since we can't see her, she's a keyboard warrior. And I'm uh, a keyboard. Okay. Not really. Um, watch when I'll we record her show. Keyboard straight up. Wow. Your eyes, you know, watch it. Wow. Turn that Gosh. some bitch sideways. Not watch late. during mm-hmm. when we record her show. The video will work just fine. That, that's what it always. Yeah, happens. miracles it always does. Will happen. Yes. Yeah, because it's so a really we're... show where magical things happen. So that's you're saying this true. is about me? That's what I'm hearing here. How it's, uh, it's more about how uh, Twitter of you, Patrick Goodout. Yes. How Twitter of you. I really like strawberry shakes. So you're saying mango sucks. Like that's That's exactly what yeah. I mean. I'm <laughs> glad you figured this out. Yes. Why don't you go and tweet about a Chicago sports team and how they should fire their manager or their coach? God, that's all you do anyway. It is I I've been I'll have you know. No oh boy, don't have us know anything. So you can I've, follow. I've, I've I've been bandwagon nerd active as well. You have sir. been. No, you have been. You have been. You Thank have you. Been. You have. Been. Thank you. No one gives you a shit. You get the show this week with the Dude. bandwagon nerds. I, we give a shit about bandwagon nerds. We don't care what you're active doing on Twitter. Like maybe um, we do. I don't know. Maybe we do. I don't. I'm afraid no, I've got some shows. bad news. Yeah, yeah, we really don't. Awesome! I came to okay. There's a price to pay. Tough for you to get down on your knees. Acknowledge me. I came to acknowledge me. You can follow him on all of your forms of social media at Wrestling Realist. It's W R E S T L N G. R-E-A-L-I-S-T. There's no I in wrestling, but there is one in Realist, and there is one in Patrick for the Wrestling Realist. Patrick O'Dowd. I said all forms of social media. It's just Twitter. That's the only one where you can follow him, at Wrestling Realist. Right. Um, but yeah, that's Patrick O'Dowd. The guy you've been listening to already, and, and, and what he would have us know, is Patrick O'Dowd, the Wrestling Realist, the host of Bandwagon Nerds, although not this past week, but I'm sure this coming week. Yes, for the season premiere. Of season yes, three. the season premiere of season three. Okay. Is it really a season when it's just the next week? Okay. It's, okay, it's, year, it's, it's year three. It, it's okay. a, it's year Dave's stupid three. thing. Like if it's you, it's like, not the end of the world. I should not be harping on it. This, this is, this is, there are far worse things to harp on than, than well, seasons of. We are, we are, we are planning something special for the beginning of the third year. We got a little, oh, yeah. we, we're going to, yeah, we're kicking off a we're, we're kicking another, off a project. Another uh, another copyright violation come in my inbox. Hey, I I have nothing to do with either of those copyright. I had nothing to do with the podcast. I am so so uh, you're well, trying I mean, to get Greg Demarco shut down. No, I am I skeptical actually, of, of of those anyway. So it's it's I'm just skeptical well, because we haven't gotten them before. These aren't new sound bites that you guys haven't used. I also the, right. later in the show, the commercials that were played were different than what you guys usually play. And they had AJ Styles theme song in the background and Shinsuke Nakamura's theme song in the background. And I have had issue with WB theme songs in the past. So could actually, that right. could actually be the reason why I got so, hit with the copyright thing. That, that's interesting. That, and that's totally because I was absent. Because I run the commercials off of yeah. my soundboard. And I only have the the minute and 16 one that I always play. Right. And then 
the oh that's, uh, that's a whole another story that I keep meaning to tell you. You do realize that's where the commercials are inserted of the show, so it's really yeah, like no, three no, no, and no. a half minutes it's, and not a minute. It's longer. It's it's longer than that. Whenever yes, but the sound file you're that, playing is definitely a is a minute and sixteen. And, yes, and, and who cares? It's part of the charm of the show at this point that I'm just wrong all the time. Apparently, so hey, I know how you feel because remember, hashtag Greg's fault has been a thing for I don't know a decade. So. We are, uh, we're it's because it is your fault. Here's the thing. We are now, we are now seven, eight minutes into the recording. Boy, we are pissing Kyle off. You can follow her at the hashtag Miranda on Instagram and Facebook, but no Twitter for she is the Twitterless heroine. She is also many other nicknames, including the queen of soft style and the, I always get it wrong. And I'm the one who coined it. Is it punk pop or pop punk? It's the pop punk. The pop punk princess, Miranda Morales. Yes, I am. I am here. And yeah, Kyle, get over it. Like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm sorry. I had you to are throwing daggers today and, and I'm just excited about it. I just am like, like, I'm just, I'm just excited about it. Like, seriously, this is my yard now. I mean, it's not, it's not yours. It's mine, but still like, you're just, you're just on fire. I love it. Yes. Yeah. There you go. This air horn is for you. So we're going to get into those exciting topics momentarily because, well, I mean, y'all know what time it is. Miranda, you know what time it is. Patrick even knows what time it is, even though for him it's break time. Why don't you, Miranda Morales, do what you do best, and that's boss my dumb ass around and tell me what to do. Yeah, I'm really good at that. It's, it's one of the things I'm really most proud of. Um, if that's one of the hell, things you're most why, proud why, of. Why stop then, now? Then we need to talk about just life development in general. Yes. Go ahead, Greg. Do what you got to do. Do it for the good of the show. And that is <laughs> to wind it up. It's time! Goddamn right, it's time. It's time for you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to pick up your very own chair shot t shirt today at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. You're going to find over 25 different t shirt designs, including the new chair shot linear t shirt that you can find in multiple colors, as well as the Bandwagon Nerds t shirt, a Winner Is You t shirt, the Queen of Soft Style t shirt, and of course, Everybody hates Greg. Well, you got to wear it at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. You also got some of the classics like the chair shot worldwide, uh, multiple always use your head t-shirts. Well, Baron Corbin sucks. We haven't talked about that in quite some time. And that t-shirt's still available at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. All t-shirts start at $19.99, but if you want to pay just a few dollars extra for soft style, go ahead and treat yourself by getting a soft style t-shirt and still making out like a bandit with a variety of cool t-shirt colors and designs at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. So what are you waiting for? Go there now. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. That is ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. 
Head to AngryLemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's AngryLemonade.net. Now we can dive on in. Last Thursday, WWE held its quarterly financial investor call, revealing financial successes that far exceeded their projections. What came after, well, was a string of releases totaling 18 wrestlers, pushing the 2021 total over 70, and the total since the start of the global pandemic, well over 100. Before we get into some specific areas that I have set aside on this and even wrote about for the first time in a long time, I just kind of want to get your guys' initial responses on the, this this round of releases that we didn't really see coming and just kind of some initial thoughts and, and responses on it, and then we'll dive in. Patrick O'Dowd, initial response us on the, on the releases. I think my biggest one, I didn't even know what was going on until you texted me. And we're like, holy shit, all these releases. And I'm like, what? Are you? I think I was at bowling. And I'm like, were, I'm yes. at, I'm bowl- I was like, I'm bowling. What's going on? Because that's how important these releases were to me. But then I then I was like, you know, this has been a thing. And I was surprised by Nia Jax and a little bit by Keith Lee, to be honest, because of the the way that those two talents in particular had been on television had had prominent roles when they were on television before keith uh took some time or you know had some time off time away same thing with naya like naya time away i always just assumed that you know she was going to come back and then and i was like wow she's not come back and that's a naya jackson in particular for me was probably the one that stunned me the most because they've tried so hard with her for so long and maybe you know and I, i'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit later uh you know, she was much, it was funny. She was someone who was much maligned by the internet until she was released. And then suddenly it was like, oh, poor Naya. Oh, we miss her so much. I was like, this is the same group of people who ran her down, said she was dangerous in the ring, killing everybody, and she had no business working with anybody. But she gets released, and, and people are surprised because the WWE pushed her um, because of her look and her very unique look and her persona in the ring and what they were trying to build with her. So that stunned me and then i started and then i was just kind of like as you kind of go through the rest of the names I was like okay like you can play my little k sound bite like nobody really that i saw in that list was like well shit this sets the world on fire and and, and is really awesome. gonna be I came to- okay i played it for sorry me. that was mean but but yeah, but that's it. Like I was just like, okay, like these people are are being released. They couldn't find use for them. Uh, you know, even some of the bigger names that people were flipping out about, uh, I didn't weren't really that big in the WWE. Like the WWE gave some of them a try. They didn't work the way they wanted them to, and let them go. So that's that. Nia Jax, for me, I mean. She will most be known for appearing in the men's Royal Rumble match. Like maybe it's because I was there, but that was, was just, especially when everyone was wondering if, if anyone was going to hit her. And of course, Dolph Ziggler being Dolph Ziggler was the first one through that super kick. And then she also ate an RKO and destroyed some people. And it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I just, I, I guess I'll save any initial thoughts because I wrote about it and because we have the detailed topics coming up, but, and I wanted to make sure you guys had your chance to do that. Miranda, same thing. We were texting back and forth about these mm-hmm. and, and kind of the same shocking 
didn't didn't see this one coming. What were your what are your initial thoughts before we dig in? Yeah, I mean, I think when I first started to hear the names released, I kind of thought, is this kind of a joke? Just because they were maybe not on the upper echelon, but they were enough in a place where we had seen them somewhat recently on television um, with a lot of of people um, on this anywhere from a Frankie Monet to, you know, a a Trey Baxter uh, to trying to think B Fab, who just got, you know, uh, drafted to SmackDown. you know, uh, I believe, what was it, Catalina? No. Uh, was it Catalina Garcia, who um, she was, um, Katrina Cortez, um, and she was on an episode of 205 Live that was going to air right after she had gotten released. So I think, you know, I my thought process is that they were on TV to a point where it looked like they were going to do something or possibly shifting characters around like with a Keith Lee, even with a Karrion Cross that you thought, okay, something's in the works. So not quite sure yet, but that they were going to have time to shift it out. And then the fact that they were all released, some not having that much time within the company was a little surprising. I think ultimately what I think we still struggle as fans with too is why they keep some people around and some not, you know, like as to storyline wise or for whatever, whether it even financial, maybe it is coming down to the bottom line where they save X amount of money, but say, you know, you still have Reggie around, uh, holding down the 24 seven title Reginald, you know, but Nia Jax is gone. And again, I don't know, all of the reasons I'm sure we'll go into even some of that story. But again, someone I could have seen him being released sooner than Naya. So I feel like I still don't always understand the logic from a story perspective or from a talent perspective as to where that is. I know there's, it's much more rooted beyond that, but my initial gut reaction to some of these was why, um, and and being very uncertain about the circumstances behind it and what led to them being let go. But also, I guess, hopefully with some of these uh, talents, too, is that it hasn't been that far removed since they were previously out in the independent scene or with different companies that it's still fresh enough for them to have different opportunities and options. And even for, say, someone like, uh, you know, a Trey Baxter who wasn't in the company for that long, maybe the ability to capitalize on that and leverage that for, you know, other opportunities as a former, you know, NXT signee. You know, I, I try and find the silver lining that this is still a milestone in their career to the point that they can leverage it for more opportunities. Yeah, you're trying to find the silver lining, but you're not. Um, because, and we're not doing the three minute warning that I had planned. But if we were, that was a topic. Like, I don't think the, the indies are not what the indies used to be. And, and oh, it's very I true. Don't think that it's going to be this gold mine for this talent that got released. Some of them are going to immediately overprice themselves and and not be affordable for a lot of promotions, and others aren't. Nia Jax, to me. I and I think I told you this. The re, she, I think she got released because of all, everybody who's on the list of eighteen people. I guarantee you, she made the most money of all those people because of how long she's been there, and and you know she's resigned more than once probably. So I think she's probably making in the neighborhood of of seven hundred and fifty grand uh, a year at least, and that's you know that's more than some of these folks combined. To be honest with you, and. 
so I'm not surprised that that she went. Um, and we'll get into some rumors about her leaving later during the bullshit. But um, I will say this before I get into the, the five points, and we may not hit all five of them. But the biggest thing for me is that none of these people on this list, outside of maybe Nia Jax, but probably not, none of these people on this list actually ever drew a dime for WWE. Like none of them drew a damn thing. Now, some of them had the potential to draw in the eyes of the internet, but they weren't proven at all. And, and that's, I'm going to leave it at that because that digs into one of the topics. So I wrote an article, which you can find over at thechairshot.com, which for me is monumental because I don't get to write articles anymore. But last night, got that fire behind me and, and wrote an article and, and published it over at chairshot.com on Tuesday. And it features five learning points that, while written as if they were for me, are really for everyone else, especially wrestling Twitter and the IWC. Now, here are the five major points. I'm going to read them off. And then we can explore the ones that you guys think are the most important. So um, we'll let you guys pick and then we'll go down. If there's one I really want to talk about, we'll do. So uh, these, I did them, these are in reverse order, meaning one through five, as I revealed them, five through one in the article. Uh, first off, I think the fans are going through trauma because they realize they have no clue how WWE really works. Uh, point number two is WWE, in my opinion, actually didn't sign too many wrestlers, which is a prevailing thought around there. Point number three Triple H did, in fact, fail because he was never supposed to build NXT into the third brand. I said into the wrong brand in my thing, and it should be into the third brand. So update to your rundown there. Number four, WWE is not recruiting talents to populate the mid-card. And number five, WWE can release a ton of mid-card talent because they already have a ton of mid-card talent. And in that mid-card talent, they already know what they have. So... Patrick O'Dell. Actually, Miranda Morales is going to go first this time since Patrick went first last time. Pick one of these well, points. Give I us some I was going to say, so, but it almost feels like you have two points that negate themselves, saying that they didn't sign too many, but yet they already have enough mid-card talent. So it almost sounds like they have too many mid-card you know, card talent or enough too many people in order to build to the mid-card. That's the way that I'm understanding this. If I'm just going to get spicy with you, I feel like that kind okay. of contradicts itself. No, that's fine. We can, we can cover both those points. Point number one that I'll say in response to that, go read the article. Point number two is that <laughs> they didn't sign okay. too many wrestlers. Can I do that's talking about can I NXT. Do besides read the article because, you know – no, uh, I'm not going to do that. Uh, just like the rest of the internet won't do that. Uh, and they'll just automatically go at you without reading the article. Said the uh, person so who has literally messaged me before after my, reading my articles. And, and, and plenty of people have even messaged me and tweeted and sent me stuff about this said article that, that I wrote. But the big difference is everyone thought they signed too many wrestlers to NXT and, and had far too much talent in NXT. And I didn't say they had too much mid-card talent. I said they have a ton of mid-card talent and they know what they have. Here's the big deal there. A lot of the talent they released would have populated the mid-card. You look at people like Frankie Monet and, and Mia Yim, right, for example. They would have been in the mid-card. But they already have Natalia in the mid-card. And, and they already have Naomi in the mid-card. And the difference there is they know what they have in Natalia and Naomi. They know what they can draw. They know what they can do with them. And if they don't see Frankie Monet or Mia Yim as the next Becky Lynch or Charlotte Flair, 
why even take any risk on them and get rid of because because if you're going to keep them you got to get rid of naomi and natalia so why you know it, it as i titled it in the article you know the devil you know is better than the devil you don't like yeah these are mid-card talents that are never going to be your main event stars but you know what you have in them and you don't know what you have in the other ones and right now given the amount of talent you have is it worth finding out and obviously the answer was no um Whereas for the point you were making before um, that they didn't sign too much talent. God, that really was a completely different point. Here's the issue there. And this was more about NXT. They load up NXT for a specific reason. And and now I'm going to kind of get into some of the stuff that we did. Success any place other than WWE means nothing to WWE. That's why they need so many people in developmental. And I gave this example in the article. If you were looking at a hundred plastic Easter eggs and two of them contain $500 in them, would you have a better chance of finding the $500 if you can open 10 eggs or would you have a better chance of finding the $500 if you can open up 75 eggs? So they, well, had, to, they mean, had to sign numbers wise. Yeah, exactly. So for WWE, they've got to overload developmental so they can see what they have and see, see what, you know, if any of them are any good, they can't tell that by your footage on the Indies. They can't tell that by your footage in impact wrestling. They got to see it for themselves and see if you can gel with their audience, which is different than any other audience. Cause it's not a wrestling audience. And, and to do that, you got to have them in house. And, and as a talent, you got to know what you're signing up for. You're basically signing up. It's, it's like if you're hired as an NFL coach, and NFL coaches will tell you this, you hear it in interviews all the time, you know you're going to get fired. Like 90% of NFL coaches' tenures end in them being fired from the team they coach for. It's the same in WWE. You're either going to have a Hall of Fame career or you're going to get released. And for many people, both. And, and that's the big difference there. When I say they didn't sign too much talent, they needed to. They, they needed to sign all that talent so they could know. Um, you know, I, I gave the Tony Stark quote, if you want to make an omelet, you have to break some eggs. Well, the omelet are the stars that made it and the broken eggs, they just got released last week. And that's what we're, we're looking. Um, and here's the other point about it that I think a lot of people won't understand. Well, I'll wait. I'll wait on that because I've said too much on, on one point. Patrick O'Dowd, I know you get to pick a point too, but we just talked about two. Any thoughts about this mid-card idea and having too many people in developmental? Well, and I, you, you kind of hit on it at the end. Like, if you listen to anybody from the WWE who talks about picking up talent, no, none of them look at talent and say, this person's going to be great for the mid-card. That's what we mm. want out of X, Y, and Z person that we've hired. And so that to me gets, gets a little tripped up. Um, and I think is what folks get hung up on is that I think sometimes folks see a talent that gets signed and they see them and think, Oh, they're signing mid card talent when that's not what the WWE is really looking to do. And, and you kind of mentioned it they're They're opening up those Easter eggs, so to speak, because they do see potential in Keith Lee. Like, Sure, that's why they signed them. Did they, now now was that potential going to come through? No. And of the people who had an opportunity to really show it through, he had a pretty big opportunity to show it through, and then it just didn't pay off. So to them, to them, whether you agree with them or not, in terms of the WWE, that's that's on you, dear listener. But the WWE didn't see it, and it wasn't worth the risk to see if that was going to develop. Yeah, you're exactly right. They recruit for the main event. And if you don't make it in the main event, you become a mid-carder. They don't recruit right. somebody like you said to be like, this person would be great for the mid-card. 
they give you a shot. If you don't work out, you stick in the mid card and you can handle the cyclical nature of WWE booking that we've talked about so many times. Great, you work. If not, you're on the street complaining about how you were used or other people are complaining about how you were used. And that's basically right. it in, in terms of the mid card versus main event well, argument. Yeah, absolutely. And that's not to say that the WWE doesn't have bad ideas for talent. That's a whole other conversation. Right. I still like. God, what was that tag team that they was the LOD ripoff that they then jobbed to Legends? Um, oh yeah, the Ascension. Yeah, the Ascension. Mm-hmm. That, that's always like that. That sucked from the get go. That wasn't all their fault, but it wasn't like it was all the WWE's fault either. Um, anyway, to 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 the points that you put out there, the one that I was going to actually focus on was the uh, the concept of the fans going through tra- trauma because they realize they have no clue how the WWE works. Miranda actually said that in her description of talking about the releases. I just don't get it. And one of my favorite dumbass statements I've seen floating around on Twitter is, you know, keyboard experts asking the rhetorical question. You look at Keith Lee, how could you mess up Keith Lee? Or how could you mess up pick a name keith lee sticks out because it's the easiest it's yeah, one it's that, that one i've about. seen the most consistently yeah, keith lee and carrying cross are the two big ones yes how could you mess up carrying cross and i greg i think you've made some great points about carrying cross um in writing and in twitter and all that i'm sure you'll talk about it a little bit but this all goes back to that that point of that you you get the opportunity to go through the door and then what you do on the other side of it is really what's going to dictate what happens next with next to you. And we, we, we sit there and we think that too many fans think that the WWE and Greg, you even said it is a wrestling company. It's not. Uh, mm-hmm. And that they're, and that their entertainment and the product they're putting out is supposed to be professional wrestling. I get in this argument actually every Thursday with some other wrestling fans who try to talk to me about how terrible the WWE is because it's it's trash and AEW is great and it's wonderful and I'm like I'm glad you like that. I, the WWE is a good product too. You just don't like that product because you don't. It's not what you think it should be. Exactly. Yeah. You, like you think the WWE should be, I don't know, Mid Atlantic Wrestling from the 80s or New Japan or AEW you know, or yeah or yeah, and that's not what they are. They've never been that. Even even in the 80s. When when they had when they had Hulk Hogan and Ray- Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage, wor- you know Savage could work. Savage didn't have to work. He was in the WWF. Uh, Andre the Giant, like all he did was walk around and look impressive and smash people. That was it. That's you know Bruce Prichard says the best. It was a babyface territory. It was all about heroes and villains and telling a story. And they just do it in a ring. Um, and they do put on wrestling matches. But it's not the same brand that you saw, you know, if you grew up in Mid-Atlantic, Mid-South, if you grew up in old WCW, even in the Nitro era when Bischoff was bringing all these folks in or ECW or any of that stuff. That is not, nor has it ever been, what the WWE is. And people still won't figure this out. The next round of releases, Greg, will have it again. Like, absolutely. how could you not figure out what to do with, you know, Kevin Owens? Yeah, 
Although I think he'll be, I think he'll resign. Um, I think he's sticking. I do think he's sticking. Yeah, people have been asking me that on social, on Twitter lately, and it's like, yeah, he's, I don't think he's leaving because he makes so much. He makes far more than most talent AEW makes. So you said a lot of good things there, and I want to talk about them before we give Miranda the opportunity as well. Um, you're right. Like it's there's so many directions to go, but yeah, people think they know WWE, and they don't know WWE at all. And they're absolutely clueless. And like you said, Keith Lee should be a can't-miss star. In the world of pro wrestling, Keith Lee is a can't-miss star. He left the world of pro wrestling when he went to WWE. NXT was still kind of pro wrestling. Now it's really not. But when he went to the main roster, all bets are off. What he did before didn't matter. Now, do I think, had you let him be limitless Keith Lee, there was potential there? Yeah, I do. Okay, I saw it when he made his Survivor Series appearance, and I saw it when he made his Royal Rumble appearance, and Brock Lesnar was putting him over with his facial expressions. But that's not the direction they chose to go in. And again, the devil I know is 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 better than the devil that I don't. And and that's what it was with Keith Lee. Other issues notwithstanding that we might talk about later. Um, Karrion Cross on the flip side, and I've talked about it a ton, I just don't think he works in WWE because of the way he perceives and portrays his own character. The man is a legitimate badass, and I don't believe he's a badass when I see him in WWE. Like, it's one thing when someone who's not a badass pretends to be a badass, like, say, Kenny Omega. But Karrion Cross actually is one. He's legitimately a badass. Hard. But yet he, like, neuters himself on WWE television. And he talks about the helmet or whatever. I'm telling you right now, Okay. Roman Reigns, oh, Seth Rollins would get that helmet over in a week that Karrion Cross hates so much, right? It, it's Kevin Owens would get the helmet over in a week, but Karrion Cross couldn't get the helmet over because he takes himself too seriously. He's going to do amazing when a wrestling company signs him, but in WWE, it just wasn't there. But this is why it's traumatic for the fans. Because they, I think this one hits home because of those two in particular, because they were such can't miss talents. And guess what? They missed and they missed big time. And the fans were dead wrong. And I think that hurts a lot of people because I think they're coming to grips that they, they're starting to realize what we've been saying all along, that they don't know what they're watching. It's again, it's like watching a baseball game and looking at the person next to you and being like, this is the worst football game I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's baseball, you dumbass. And that's the same thing with this. I don't like this wrestling product. Well, that's great because it's not pro wrestling. It's sports entertainment. Remember the show Sports Night? Yep. One of my favorites mm-hmm. it comes of all time. I have the DVD set upstairs. A season and a half was all it lasted, which is sad. It was literally called a show about sports that had nothing to do with sports. Like this is what – wrestling is a backdrop in WWE. That's all it is. It's the backdrop for the stories they tell and the product they put out. Whereas in other companies like an AEW, like a New Japan, like an Impact Wrestling, wrestling is the forefront. So this hopefully will let some talents align and, and be where they want to be. Miranda, we've talked a lot. You did harp on some of this. But any thoughts about that idea that the fans are going through this level of trauma? And that's why no. this round of releases – seems to hurt them so bad. No, I think you're right. Cause I feel like I talked to you about this offline. Like I still don't always understand what WWE is. And I'm the first to always say, you know, I understand that WWE in as the, conceptually and in, and in practice is a sports entertainment company. But I also feel like that's they're, they're one of a kind and you, there's not a lot to compare it to 
because there is no other real sports entertainment company. You have sports organizations and you have pro wrestling organizations. And WWE is truly one of a kind in this hybrid format, which I think then makes it so that fans have a hard time understanding what are they doing? What are they conceptually going for? Because also the another narrative that goes around, and I, there's levels of authenticity to this as well, but also I'm sure other layers to it is all being controlled by Vince. What Vince finds funny, what Vince likes, what Vince wants, that's what it goes by. And granted, there's a lot of other things as far as marketability, sponsorship, ratings but you know it, it's it's much more i think holistic than people give it credit for but in a formulaic way or ways that you understand why someone gets released from a sports contract and why you also see maybe someone as a professional wrestler get released those reasons don't always align with what we see in wwe um whereas you know you've talked even in the talking about the people who have been released as far as points of reference, you know, one of the things you mentioned with Nia Jax is that like her, she probably saved a lot of, she saved the company a lot of money. Whereas, you know, other people were released because maybe they didn't have it. And that's very subjective as well, you know? Um, So that too can be a big challenge with really understanding this. But I think conceptually, sometimes it is hard for fans to look at WWE and ask, what are you, what are you trying to do? You know, other than, you know, what, make a lot of money and get lots of ratings. Cool. I, I do think that does. maybe if some. Yeah, which it does. And and again, and maybe it's just as transparent as that. And, and you trying to go into a deeper dive and finding more meaning beyond that is what gives fans headaches here. You know, AEW is very adamant. That's its selling point. But I feel that's how also it sells you a bag of, of bad goods by saying we're more, we're deeper, we're more committed, we're this and that. Are you really not necessarily when all no. your tweets are about ratings and all you're trying to do is make money too? Like let's call a spade a spade here. WCW cosplay. But, that's all it is. Yes. You know, but I think too, conceptually fans are looking for something that's deeper and maybe there's nothing deeper than what we see on that surface level. If anybody's deeper, it's WWE in the type of storytelling that they right. do versus an AEW. I got to commend you though, for flat out saying, you you personally say i don't know what this is sometimes like many fans don't do that many fans aren't to that level of self-awareness that you are where they can literally say i I don't know what this is most of them just pretend they do know what it is by the way patrick side note completely derailing the conversation you'll see it on twitter later if you look trevor's back that's all i'm gonna say is he really yes rovert came back he removed any reference of rovert but yeah because, you know, I tweeted about the screw job. And, and so, yeah, I'm an idiot. Uh, so, there we go. And then I followed up my tweet about the screw job with a tweet about WrestleMania 30. So, yeah, it was fantastic. It, it's, 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 back, like, it's like the purge for all the idiots. It, it's what it is. And, and here they come. Uh, so, um, so the last point that I want to talk about of these, because to me, I'm shocked Patrick didn't pick it because he loves this kind of business talk. Um, and that's point number three. Yep. I'm calling Triple H a failure. Triple H failed because he was never supposed to build NXT into the third brand. And and my point is simple. And I want to preface this for those that read the article. It's in there. I love NXT. I loved the black and yellow of NXT. It was my favorite wrestling show by far for the longest time. Kind of still is, although SmackDown's pretty damn good. And and but but I loved NXT. I loved everything they did. 
So I would give him 100%. But if I gave him 100%, guess what? I'm literally grading the wrong assignment. Because Triple H built NXT into a third brand powerhouse when that's what he wasn't told to do. He was told <laughs> to build a developmental territory to populate the main roster. And to me, it shows that Triple H's vision of what this good product is is different than what Vince McMahon's is. And and because he was given such leeway, he took it and ran with it. And I can't hate on him for it because I loved it so much. But I've also got to step back as a person who, who, who knows what, you know, how these things work and realize he didn't do the job he was hired to do or hired. He was already there. He didn't do the job he was tasked to do. It wasn't supposed to become this third brand that could sell out arenas and draw a million dollar house at WrestleMania 35 weekend and, and make this amazing, you know, quartet of wrestlers called the undisputed era that i will have memories for till till the day i die and and you know and this the greatest wrestler walking god's green earth although he was because of his size he never could have been that on the main roster it's it's and i cried internally and complained that and he should have stayed in nxt but whatever but there was not going to be an nxt for him to stay in in the way that it was and and because it was never supposed to be that way to begin with. I don't know where it went off the rails. I'm sure we can watch the NXT product and see where it went off the rails. Probably right around the time where they were signing Bobby Roode and Shinsuke Nakamura and giving them lengthy runs with the NXT Championship when they weren't there for that reason. Um, and, and, you know, and I don't even know what else, you know, or maybe even Ciampa and Gargano when you're bringing in these guys that could not be that success story in the main roster. Although I still think Johnny Gargano can have a Daniel Bryan like career on the main roster now that Daniel Bryan Danielson is gone. But it just pains me to say because I loved NXT so much, but Patrick O'Dowd, mm-hmm. Triple H failed. Yeah, he did. And one of the things I said that, that it was, was kind of funny when, when the NXT 2.0 thing, came about was and we we've even mentioned developmental is developmental and, and if you're trying to develop somebody to to meet a standard of a product then you don't you're, you're not cre- you're, you're not creating your triple a affiliate to compare to, to compete with your major league baseball team and you know like like you said i don't i don't blame tri- triple h for doing what he did um and putting together what he owned because he was given the he was given the reins in the in the direction to do it. But where where who really came out of that NXT that's that that's big time now? Nakamura? Yeah, Kevin Owens. And he's Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. But if you look Allen. at like if you look and, at the NXT that was selling out doing million dollar right. houses the top of the card of that event was adam cole and johnny gargano the undercard were talents like the street profits and matt riddle right who are on the main roster now and 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 have the potential you know montel right. ford could be a main event star someday matt oh, riddle yeah. could be a main event star someday they Ooh. could i know but still he could he, he's yeah. got that level of talent yeah, in, in wwe look aj styles didn't even go there right he skipped it right and and you know he's one of the few they got to do that nakamura won a royal rumble and and, and got to work in, in that wrestlemania but that was 34 like when nxt was fully hitting its rise a third brand the nxt that beat wwe's both their brands and survivor series none of right. them are top stars in wwe right now Shayna right. baszler is the closest thing 
and, and she hasn't realized her potential. And she's yet. not even yeah. Yeah. And who knows? Yeah. They do releases in the spring. She could be gone. In all honesty. Jeez. As much as that would suck. And and I and I would find that unfortunate. Me too. Just because because I do think that there, there's a missed opportunity there. But if it's not the story they're telling, and that's the other thing is what what is the story? What kind of story that's, is the WWE telling? So that I think that's exactly it though, and I think that can sometimes be confusing because they're telling so many different stories. And and some of them aren't very good, so I feel like that gets lost in translation as there's, as well. But there's plenty not good on any but, wrestling show. Yeah, like, no, like, exactly. We, we could go point to AEW and some shit stories that are going yeah. on over and there. Is, like it's not as not it's, unique. No, but they cover it up with thirty minute wrestling matches that everybody loves because they're a wrestling show first, and so they get their their primary function is to put on matches, and they get that right. More often than the WWE's primary function, telling stories, they get that right. Where WWE wins out is their biggest stories, they tend to get right. And I'm looking at Roman Reigns as the tribal chief. And I'm looking at Big E's ascension to the WWE Championship and the Hurt Business and how it helped Bobby Lashley. They get the big stories right. A lot of those underneath stories, like Miranda was saying, they don't. But if they hit, but it's kind of like, again, they tell a million stories for the few that they get right. Just like they sign a million wrestlers for the few that make it to right. the main event. Hey, I still, and again, that's existed forever too. Because remember, once upon a time, Edge and Booker T fought over a shampoo commercial. Um, <laughs> that was a real thing. I know. I'm just like No, no, no one's arguing. I, I mean, everybody look. went silent. I was like, it's like... It just it is what it is. That's I yeah. guess that's my point. Is it is it is kind of what it is. Um, but if you look at like well to go back to where this all started with Shayna Baszler, based on the type of stories that the WWE tells with the women's division, where should Shayna Baszler fit? Where, and I guess where does she? Because what 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 stories do they tell where Shayna Baszler makes sense as a character? Honestly, in what they're doing, the only one I could think of is if they told a female version of Brock Lesnar. Thank you. That's it. And so that that screams square peg round hole. Yeah, like it just square screams square peg round hole. You send her to AEW, where she'll just get forgotten because they don't pay attention to women anyway. Oh yeah, no, um, she would be horrible in AEW. She wouldn't fit. They've got but, like three different women that are trying to be Shayna Baszler in AEW right now. And they're not right. like she would make legit Layla Hirsch look like the least legit person in the world because Layla Hirsch Actually, is you bad know, Shayna Baszler. I, I, it's so as it sounds, go to Impact Shayna, go to Impact Wrestling. I could, I could watch Shayna Baszler and Deanna Parazzo every single day. Of the week. Right? No, I think, but I think no, no, yeah. it's not. Even, it's, it's, it's. I, I, Impact's like my second favorite wrestling show. Like I still, I still record it. Yeah. I, I rewatched I rewatched the pay per view uh, reruns that they that mm-hmm. they randomly throw up on uh, every once in a while on Access. Like I'll just be like, oh look, I got seven hours of Impact to watch. <laughs> but I think it, it goes back to you know something that talking about you know in internet consensus as well is that 
I know people, that's also why they utilize events like this to demonize the WWE of how heartless they are or how inconsistent and how they don't utilize talent. But yet then you have, you know, that that adds more fuel to that AEW fire to the point where now AEW is leveraging that. I mean, let's talk about it. Max Caster's rap. Uh, you know, this past week on AEW is the way that they can do those types of digs and incorporate that. Granted, it was one of his better raps that he's done in quite some time, and it was pretty funny. You know, that that's also the fuel that they add to this, that they continue talking about storytelling. Legit, the best story that AEW is writing is the one that they're trying to be the heroes in pro wrestling against WWE. Yeah, and that is one of their stories. And and part of me thinks that they actually think it's that, that AEW internally actually think it's part of the story, and that Tony Khan actually just thinks everything he's saying is a character. Like like I saw Conrad Thompson said something on on a recent edition of his show where he talked about how Tony thought the fans were taking this a little bit too seriously, and I'm like, wait, does he think this is part of the show? Because if so, he doesn't even know his own audience, which is just goes against everything i'm saying we've gotten way off topic on that one though and i do want to spend some time on the bullshit so we're going to take our second commercial break and then we will come back and talk about some of the bullshit so let's have some fun This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Agencies around the world are receiving breaking news that CM Punk has sneezed while at a hockey game, which clearly indicates he has signed a new contract with WWE. He then confirmed his return by tweeting something completely unrelated to wrestling. Backstage sources believe he'll come back at SummerSlam, but plans may change. Patrick, this is Leanne Marie, and I just wanted to say that I love Patrick O'Dowd. Hey, oh no, the snow, bullshit, 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 bullshit. The wrestling realist Patrick O'Dowd's bullshit internet report of the week. You're welcome. The opening to that definitely is even funnier now. Right? I, I know, say. right? Yeah. All right, well, Patrick. AEW didn't exist at the time. Which so, one Greg, I'm going to turn the tables for a change because we've got three stories. You always make Miranda or I pick something. So you, as the host, I will let you choose because all of these bullshit internet wrestling rumors come from the releases and come from – People looking for reasons why. And these were some of the reasons that were shared via the interwebs. And some of them reacted to by the wrestlers themselves. So I'm going to start with the Keith Lee one. Um, Just because uh, it's interesting to me. Uh, Of course, the the title of the article was Keith Lee's attitude problems reportedly led to shocking firing is is what they said. Um, 
And I'll read you the quote. The quote came from Wed Keller at PW Torch. It's in the article. It basically says, Keith Lee, who I have chronicled for months and months and months and months and months, was somebody that even people that were rooting for him behind the scenes became frustrated with him. He had, he just had, in general, attitude issues, or as one wrestler told me tonight, perceived attitude issues. Hedging a little bit, others have said outright attitude problems, and he was just frustrated. I've heard different things about him in terms of his mood being altered way more than it should in the modern era about being asked to do a job and in parentheses lose a match. So basically saying that one of the reason reasons that Keith Lee was let go was because of his attitude. Yes. Very. I, I, I mean, anytime, anytime somebody hedges with the, the perceived attitude or the perceived attitude problems, that that's always a little bit of a, a bell for me. Uh, what was an attitude problem? Was I and, and we've seen this before. Like you know, Sasha Banks threw a temper tantrum on a hallway floor. Charlotte Flair and Becky, you know, just had a dust up. Now I'm not saying Keith Lee was on the level of a Charlotte Flair or even a Sasha Banks, though maybe at the time when that temper tantrum happened, it might be a little bit closer. He was being treated as an up and comer. Uh, for, for all intents and purposes. And then he even put out a statement um, talking about his own well-being to to the point where was his attitude really a problem or were there other problems going on that just made it easier to release him as a 37-year-old wrestler who was struggling? And we know age doesn't matter because they brought Bobby Lashley back and immediately vaulted into the top. They brought AJ Styles in who was well, you know, into his... 30s 40s vaulted into the top so age uh, you know i don't buy the age thing at all um i don't buy the attitude thing necessarily though i don't know keith lee personally um i i just i'm sorry i don't i don't know the guy well enough to to state definitively but it just seems like a lot of people grasping for a reason to say that he was gone and why and i can't even remember why what what was he out for because he was injured and then I well, think he got all stuff Number one. Yeah, he got, he got COVID. And then he had complications, he had complications. regarding right. that. Yeah. And there were yeah. some other medical issues that he hasn't gone into besides COVID, right. which is usually the problem with COVID. Most people that die from COVID don't die from COVID. They die from other complications and pre-existing conditions and things like that. Um, but here's the th- – actually, before I even go, I want Miranda to have an opportunity to talk about this as well before I just dive in head first. Well, I, again – the way that they talked about attitude problems then also kind of cover it with perceived attitude problems, which essentially is their way of saying, well, that it's what it looked like, but nothing was confirmed. So I just feel like the way that that was stated was their own way of covering up the vagueness of what is considered an attitude problem or that, again, just the, the vagueness of the whole thing. Um of it which is just that that's kind of the the warning signs for me uh about that I, I i don't know i just it's stuff like that that i don't even process anymore it just yeah. is a bunch of words put together that don't make words sense. but it lets Very you words. click on an article um here's the thing for me when keith lee came out they changed his gear Right, they put him in baggy shorts and a singlet versus the trunks that he was wearing in NXT. And he tweets out, "Let me worry about it. I'm talking to people behind the scenes." He didn't advocate for it. He didn't say it was a great idea. 
he was already kind of being adversarial against the idea that they had on the main roster. With Bearcat, he wasn't the one out there touting the accomplishments of Bearcat Wright. He was, it, it's, so that's where some of that perception is going to come. I'm sure he was frustrated. He beat Randy Orton on his first night in the company in less than 10 minutes. He pinned Seth Rollins in a Survivor Series match, then went toe-to-toe with, with Roman Reigns and, and got a fist bump from Reigns after he lost to him. Brock Lesnar was shocked at the appearance of Keith Lee in the Royal Rumble. Talked about how he was a big boy and he actually took Brock off his feet, which no one else was doing in the match at that point. They did a lot of great things with him. I'm sure in his mind, the sky was the limit, but then it wasn't. And of course he did get derailed by COVID and, and, and by other medical issues. But we've talked about it a million times before. The cyclical nature of WWE booking. And one of the keys to be, unless you unless you have that rocket strapped to you like a Roman Reigns, uh, I was about to say, or a Becky Lynch, but she had to go through this too. You've got to be able to manage the cyclical nature. And and when it's down, put your head down and work. And when it when your time comes, make the most of it. Like Cesaro did in the build to WrestleMania 37 and his eventual pay-per-view main event against the Roman Reigns at WrestleMania Backlash. Like, this is what you do in WWE, and I don't think Keith Lee can handle it. Keith Lee's 37 years old, so you don't think of a 37-year-old as needing a mentor. He needed a mentor. He needed somebody who could tell him these things that I'm talking about right now. It doesn't sound to me like he had one, and he probably in his mind didn't need one because Keith Lee was a ready-made professional wrestling superstar. But he wasn't in a professional wrestling company. He was in a sports entertainment company. I worry about a company like AEW signing him because what, where does he fit? They have so much freaking talent. But this is why I wish there was a third company starting up next week because Keith Lee could be a top guy for a wrestling company. If a wrestling company needed a top guy, and I don't see a wrestling company right, right. now who needs a top guy, and that's the sad thing because he's a ready-made wrestling superstar. He was just in the wrong place for him. NXT was the right place for him because that was a wrestling show. Triple H created a wrestling brand for a company that didn't want a wrestling brand. But the, the, all this other stuff with Keith Lee. But because he couldn't, I want to go back to that point, because he maybe had a hard time managing the cyclical nature of WWE booking, I guess this is where I like to look at something and be like, what else could this be? Maybe there was some of that perception. And maybe it was because he struggled managing the cyclical up and down nature of WWE booking. Maybe he showed up and beats Randy Orton one week, and then he comes in and sees he has to do the job. And his mind is like, why would I be jobbing now when I just beat Randy Orton a week ago? You're, and as Bruce Pritchard is famous for saying, you're trying to apply logic to an illogical situation. And, and WWE is a highly illogical situation. And if you can't deal with that, you're in the wrong place. And I think Keith Lee was in the wrong place. I love Keith Lee. And, and I hope that this works out for him in the long run because he's just too damn good of a star and 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 could do so well on, on a bigger scale. It, breaks my heart for him because I think he's such a great star and I really hope somebody can take advantage of Keith Lee's talents and make him a whole freaking boatload of money. Um, Excellent. Looking at the clock, we got time to do one more. We, we can do one more of them. So All right. Uno mas. Uno mas. Miranda, do you want to talk about Taya Valkyrie or do you want to talk about Nia Jax? Oh gosh. Um, well. Nataya Valkyrie is an age he, issue and Nia Jax is a COVID issue. Yeah, I don't know. That's both very tricky. Uh, I, I, you know what? We don't have enough time for the COVID issue, so let's let's go with with night or with a uh, Ty Valkyrie. All right. So this 
the outlet I chose was the reputable, wonderful website that everybody's heard of, theovertimer.com. And CP, I can't pronounce your name, Bialdua. Um, but he's quoting the actual person, so it's not like he's right. making up names. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. He's not making up names. But anyway, um, discussing one of the new policies announced by WWE, which has that actually been announced like no. on paper somewhere? No. Concerning to NXT 2.0 is an age restriction of signing women wrestlers at Taya Valkyrie, formerly Frankie Monet. Um, in March, it was announced by Meltzer, that, that whole thing. So... Following the news series releases, it was reported that a new Vince McMahon mandate went into effect where they won't sign any female stars over the age of 25. And so some fans are implying that Taya was released because she was older. It was a Twitter thread where Tommy Dreamer said he could build an entire company around when the talent was released. And the commenter said they shouldn't hire old wrestlers just to focus on the young. So this person that replied is assuming that this quote unquote mandate passed around with the age restriction was true. And that was when Ty replied with shut the fuck up. I just turned 38. I've been ashamed to even speak about my age until today. 38 is not old, especially when you're a man process that. Miranda. Well, okay, so I I do remember hearing as far as when even the shift in NXT came around to NXT 2.0 and a lot of the releases that came before that, there was some correlation with age. And so I could see that being something in which, you know, people hang their hat on. Um, but it still is in pulling together different conversations to pull a story. Cause she did in fact, did go on Twitter to talk about her age, you know, as just more of, I think a feather in her cap as far as her career, but the story itself seems like a series of different conversations that happened that were pulled together to create a, a story. Yeah. It's a bullshit narrative. Yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> It is. And, and it's, 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 again, Meltzer reported it to begin with. It, it goes back to Meltzer. Yeah. This fan wasn't even really saying anything about Meltzer. He was just saying, please yeah. do not hire old wrestlers, just focus on young. And that's where Taya chimed in. I think she was one of the ones that it was replied to. Um, and, and of course, it was the whole Tommy Dreamer thing, which, by the way, why does anyone care what Tommy Dreamer thinks right now? Let's just, just bring that up. Um, <laughs> but I get what she's saying. She's, crazy talented and and she can do a lot of amazing things in in a wrestling ring and i think she could have had a career on the main roster especially where um you know where her husband's there and and, and this this and well, also this yeah. article doesn't spell where loca correctly like it's just yes that also that, that's just offensive but also um, when you look at someone who who understands i think sports entertainment as a form of right comedy and drama like she did have a lot of experience in that so that too is something that oh, yeah. again where i i still don't know where the the line is for a lot was it all related to money was it related to you know capabilities in the future she is one that could have transitioned to you know raw or smackdown and under and i think understand sports entertainment um, so that, you know, when I look at, say someone like Aaliyah, who just got called up, 
that that is still I get it. That to me that does look like an age thing where someone who doesn't have as much experience and I don't think is is still very new in it. Granted, you know, in a few years she could easily get to that and and maybe they have the time but for that and and maybe it grows, but someone who is very already oriented and experienced in sports entertainment and Taya Valkyrie is someone that they could easily transition. And the fact that she was let go again, is a, just a confusing thing to me based off of what we know about the WWE and you know, what for them gets over, which is not always talent in the ring. It's personality, it's character. And I really do feel like she has that. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And and I think the issue here is no one's arguing that she's not okay. This idiot fan was arguing that she's not talented, but it, it's this this made up notion that they won't hire women over a certain age. We talked about it on your show a couple weeks ago. Mandy Rose, thirty one, like all the champions in NXT except for JC Jane and Gigi Dolan are over the age of thirty. Roderick Strong is is forty. Like it, it's it's they're bringing in talent, but then you go back to some things that I was talking about the first half of the program. The main roster is is populated with talent who is in their 30s. The the main event scene is populated with wrestlers who can be main eventers for the next 7 to 10 years. So if you hire somebody who's 38 years old, in 7 to 10 years, they're going to be 45 to 48 years old. So if you are hiring young people, you're hiring young people because you realize it's going to be 5 plus years before they can even be in those roles. So you're doing it almost from a practical standpoint. So again, this is where I try to look at what else could this be. Maybe there's truth to it because WWE's looking at it from a practical standpoint. They don't have the spots to rush somebody who's 38 years old into a prominent position, which they would have, if they needed Frankie Monet to go to the main roster next week and take over a prominent spot because they have a rash of injuries or COVID or whatever, she damn well could have, but they didn't need her to do it. And because NXT shifted focus after she was signed, they no longer needed her there either. So she, again, kind of like Keith Lee, victim of circumstance a little bit in this. Um, um, nobody's fault. I don't think it was an error that they hired her to begin with. I just think the reasons they hired her no longer existed. And that's why she got released. If they're going to hire only young people, then – that, that might be the best thing for them, given the nature of the roster right now. And this whole thing that the edict only exists for the women and not the men, I don't know, prove it. Maybe we can look at who they sign over the next year and look at the ages and, and see if that's true or not. I don't know. Is, is you know, what, what was it? what's the guy they just signed who wrestles for Minnesota? Okay, Gable Stevenson. How old is oh, yeah. he, like 22? I mean, uh, a lot of people they're signing are under this age Lumen anyway. They also said that WWE's not going to hire any more independent wrestlers, and then two days later hired an independent wrestler who is now wrestling on NXT. So it, it's just mind-numbing to me the reports that people buy into and and how they they kind of you know feel good about what they're saying because it fits their shitty narrative. So, Patrick, your thoughts on this whole thing? I don't know that there's really much more I can add. Dude, forward, you guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're that damn good. We like Ty Valkyrie, too. That's you're welcome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just didn't think that the release had anything to do with her age. Like, I think that, like, Greg laid it out. Like, there were a lot, I think she was just, like, a victim of circumstance, a loss in the shuffle. 
I just don't think I don't know that I ever when she was signing. I don't know that I ever saw where she was going to go uh, from the get go. And so, you know, I and I think with all of these releases and the and the talent commenting on it, um, it's hurt feelings, right? Like you just lost your job, like that sucks. And it's easy to when you're grieving because you're grieving uh, to in the moment kind of jump on that bandwagon and jump jump on to this other thing because it makes it a little bit easier sometimes to just tolerate what was really the issue going on in the first place so yeah no great great job to the two of you uh for for deconstructing Taya Valkyrie's release you're welcome yes yes very well done you're welcome I gotta find my now. Now I'm in soundbite hell. Hang on, I gotta, I gotta, uh, I gotta find the uh, right soundbite. I know. I actually wanted to get, Greg's fault. Yeah, right. I just wanted to make up for the fact that everybody else had issues and we couldn't see them. Literally, where did it go? I I moved things around so that your bullshit theme would be high enough. There it is. All right, gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. The clock is ticking, and we're in the clear. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. We got three minutes, and we're out. What is, look at this! Oh, you're kidding me. Marcos, are you kidding me? to beat Bret Hart with a sharpshooter? Yes, he is! Are you kidding me? And yes, I tweeted this out, and, and that's what made me think of it. When we're recording this on Tuesday, November 9th, is the 24-year anniversary of the Montreal Screwjob. Survivor Series was held very early that year. The Montreal Screwjob happened. They got the title off of Bret Hart in Montreal, which he didn't want to do. And I have maintained for... I don't know how many of those 24 years, at least 14 of them. This was a work. Now, you can say it's a work because it was planned. It was a planned wrestling thing. So so I want to clarify something about the work. And Patrick already knows this. And Miranda probably knows this as well. The only thing I'm saying is different than what everybody else is saying is that Brett was in on it. That Brett knew it was going to happen. And that Brett was fine with it. And if you watch Wrestling with Shadows at the very end, he says it all worked out in the end. They got their title back and I got to leave with my dignity. I think this was just their way out of a really bad situation. I don't think Brett liked it. I don't think Brett was happy. I don't think Brett was like, yeah, this is the story we're going to do. No, it was a crappy situation. And, and I think those, and, and I think those the only, uh, that's the only other person that was in on it. It pissed off the Undertaker. I don't think the Undertaker knew about it. It pissed off Bruce Pritchard. I don't think Bruce Pritchard really knew about it. Mick Foley, all these people that it pissed off, it pissed off because they weren't in the know. The only people that were in the know were everybody that we know knew, which is Pat Patterson, Vince McMahon, Shawn Michaels, and Earl Hebner, and Bret Hart. I don't think everybody else knew. But why won't anyone else want to believe that? Like, am I just crazy? Patrick O'Dowd. Well, I mean, it's 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 more fun to believe the the quote unquote real side of it, right? Like we want it to be real. 
Right. It's why it's why it's you, you know you talk about the rest. If you want to stir people up when you get bored, like you are want to do when you're on Twitter, it's why you go after WrestleMania 30 the way that you do. And the funny thing is, is that you actually really do know what's up there. Um, but people don't want to believe that because for some folks, that's part of the magic of that whole story, right? Is that they they can point to this thing in this big fake world of professional wrestling and be like, well, that was real. It's it's like when they lose their shit over the pipe bomb uh, interview or even and even my favorite quote unquote shoot interview the joey styles yeah promo when he walks out of raw like they they didn't just do that on a whim it was all approved like like they they, they yeah it was it's a it's part of a plan and and you know people want to believe like i believe that there's there's been times where people have really gotten into it in a ring uh-huh. like yeah. i've actually seen it at one of your shows um <laughs> So, like, these are things that happen, but these, these storyline, these, these, like, headlines sort of shit, like, that doesn't, no. And it's taken me a long time to come around on the, on the Montreal Screwjob, I'll own it. Um, But it's because we want to believe that it's, it's something more than it is. And wrestling is supposed to do that, right? Wrestling is supposed to make us believe. And the Montreal Screwjob made people believe better than anything you know, probably second to that is, of course, the Daniel Bryan rise to WrestleMania 30. And, and, and yeah, it makes it. And by the way, the, the incident you're talking about that happened at one of my shows, guy not at fault now works for AEW. Guy at fault still toiling around the lower Arizona independence. So there you go. Right. Miranda, thoughts about the screw job? Did people know? Did I they mean, not know? Am I stupid for this no, reason? I don't think. I don't think you're stupid, but I also, uh, you know, I can't, I, to me, I can't believe that he knew. I don't know. To me, and maybe that's part of the the, the magic as kind of, or, or just that sense of, of deeply rooted belief in something that really was pivotal, had one of the biggest domino effects in wrestling history as, as well, you know, with, you know, what that did for WWF at the time, what that did for Vince what happened with Brett and WCW, you know, it's very much of what would have happened if things worked out differently, but it didn't. And, and we are where we are. A lot of modern wrestling changed and, and happened because of the Montreal screw job. So it, in some ways as fans, it's hard to believe that it was anything other than what's been presented to us. And I'm still kind of in, in that camp myself. I could also understand the other side, but my gut just can't, but, believe it in that way but i don't think it's wrong to dismiss that idea because wrestling is crazy wrestling is professional wrestling in and of itself takes the idea of belief to a whole new level where it's built on creating an illusion or creating a story in order for fans to soak it up and we don't see it as much now because we're very much in again the reality area and social media and and it's almost the cool thing to be meta about wrestling and know the behind the scenes and the insider things. But at that point too, that could have been really, and and you talked about maybe the pipe bomb and things, but I think beyond that, if it truly is something that everyone was in the know, the greatest maybe con in pro wrestling history. And 
how many people want to believe that they've been conned? Not, yeah, not very many. To. Even though it's why we tune in. We tune in to, to be conned. I will wrap up discussion about the Montreal Screwjob with this. So I did tweet this, right? I tweeted 24 years ago today, one of the greatest works in wrestling history went down. So great, 24 years later, people still think it was a shoot. Of course, it brought Trevor out of the woodwork, Patrick it out. It also brought this gentleman, I use the phrase lightly, who replied to that tweet with the following statement. The most awful thing about leukemia is that it can spread cancer to every part of your body, including your brain. There you go. Wow. Somebody, was that a, was it necessary? Salty. Why is someone salty over something that happened 24 years ago? Like, so bro, much to, even, to leukemia shame me. Like, and then when I call yeah. him out on it, claim that's not what he was doing. But but still, like, he's trying to defend the fact and saying that he feels horrible that I have leukemia, but still saying that I'm an idiot. And, and of course, in a prior tweet, like saying that leukemia caused it. Now, worse than the screw job itself. <laughs> like, congratulations. You did something worse than Vince McMahon. The best thing is, is that other people blocked him even before I did over yes. it. So thank you to those people. Um, and what, and, and you guys know, I don't care. Like someone says that I feel bad for them and their 37 followers and any tweets they have to read about that because it's just, it's just too bad. Um, this is probably the most run they've ever gotten. So Trevor thought it was a, a reach for engagement. Like, I don't really care about that, especially on Twitter of all places. So right. Montreal screw job. I forever maintain. Maybe I should change my side from it was a work to Brett was in on it. Because that's really what my whole point is. Brett was in on it. Right. He was in mm-hmm. on the Montreal screw job. That is going to do it for this week's edition of the Greg DeMarco Show. You can follow me at Chairshot Greg and all your forms of social media. The website at Chairshot Media. Of course, the website is thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. You can follow him on social media. Him being Patrick O'Dowd at Wrestling Realist. That's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G. R-E-A-L-I-S-T. There's no I in wrestling, but there is one in Realist, just like there is one in Patrick. Patrick O'Dowd, uh, you weren't on Bandwagon Nerds this week, so so usually it tells us what you missed. You can talk about that. You can talk about the Nerd Review. You can talk about the big Season 3 premiere. It takes place. Whatever you want to, to, to talk about, the floor is yours. Well, we're going to have a three-man nerd review this week as myself, Ray, and Dave all went and saw The Eternals this past weekend, Marvel's Cinematic Universe's latest edition. Uh, and so be sure to look for that uh, when the nerd review comes out. This upcoming Bandwagon Nerds, we will be doing a DC versus Marvel decathlon. And you're just going to have to tune in to hear how that breaks down. It'll be part one of a series because there's no way no. that we're going to be able to get that 10 events intricate. done in one show. Oh, Dave, Intricacy this is, is what Dave's they do. idea. Yes, you got to get just in the weeds if you're going to be on the Do me a favor. I'm just going to put this out there now. Do me a favor, Patrick. Get out. Make sure that somehow makes it into the title of the show. No, I think I'm going to go with Gosh Darn It. I don't remember what the title was when you guys did the great super. Boy Howdy. Boy Howdy. You were pissed off at Boy Howdy. And then you threatened to change the name of the show and you never changed the (laughs) name of the show. Of course not. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to complain about it. No, you're just going to be drunk on power. Go to Miranda and ask Miranda what's going to happen on the Miranda. Immediately after you tell me I'm drunk on power, you then try to exercise power. 
I have a modicum of powers. Like you this do, much. you do. Had you wanted to, you would have done it right because you can follow her on Instagram and Facebook, but no Twitter because she is a Twitterless heroine at the hashtag Miranda, Miranda spelled out. Miranda Morales, what can all of them as well as I expect to do this week on the hashtag Miranda show? Yes. Well, because we weren't able to record last week, this is usually a company I don't talk a lot about, but I know it's near and dear really to both of of your hearts, but I know especially Greg's, the big announcement of Ring of Honor, and uh, they really, you know, uh, an announcement that really took all of the internet by storm, talking a little bit about that and what that means for the future of Ring of Honor, and we're going to talk briefly about the announcement we heard it and i think greg is maybe just hearing it for the first time but nxt 2.0 is having war games so we're going to talk a little bit about that announcement as well so catch or get all that on this week's hashtag miranda show i'm excited i'm excited about it i did hear about war games just a little while ago and and yeah um i'm down i'm down before we go is is war games to steven regal what Tag team player, yes, is to take yes. long. That's or or, or that's, you go one on one with the Undertaker. Yep, Stephen Regal, hundred percent. William Regal, the war games that announcing that announcement, everything, everything, almost bigger than the match itself. It may be this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just the whole concept of him screaming war games is just the best the absolute best especially and and you know we can't do it anymore and i'll have to find the soundbite or whatever but adam cole in the background going i'm begging you to say it please say it. which the year prior you announced it and adam cole has the look of shock on his face that was a meme everywhere but of course the time here baby faces i wanted to beat up pat mcafee but yeah just so good and 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 i hope we haven't seen much of william regal in the new nxt i do hope that we get william regal screaming war games uh, as part of the announcement, just come on, give us that. You changed everything that. else. Just give us that one thing we ask of you. All right. Anyway, so I'm trying to manage multiple things in multiple times. We're good, man. That's the show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you think I'm an idiot because everybody else seems. Oh, look at that's the show. It's a shameful thing. Just happen to see the old soundbite sitting right there. We're going to do it again next week. What we talk about, who knows what the world of professional wrestling is going to give us, but I'm sure it will give us something great. Until then, for Patrick O'Dowd and for Miranda Morales, my name is Greg DeMarco, reminding you to always use your head. Acknowledge me. You're welcome.